0: church. Um, My name is Jake, and this is my wife, Mariela. We're the Whites, and we're going to be in Mark chapter 11 this morning, starting at verse 20. Um, Please stand for the reading of God's word. Thank you. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots, and Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, so that your Father, also who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses.
1: And they, came again, and they came again to Jerusalem and he said, and as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him and they said to him, by what authority are you doing these things or who gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism from John from heaven or from man? Answer me. And they discussed it with one another, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, then why did you not believe him? But shall we say from man? They were afraid of the people, for they all held that John was really a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things.
2: Thank you, guys. Oh, thank you, sir. Good morning, church. My name is Vince. One of the pastors here. And uh, this morning I have the Pleasure and privilege of preaching God's word. Let's pray uh, before we get started. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word, Lord. It is truly remarkable that you would give us your word to tell us who you are, what you are like, and what you are doing and accomplishing in the world. Father, I pray now that the eyes would be open Hearts would be softened, and we would behold the Jesus of the scriptures. And our worship would be on him. We ask this in his mighty name. Amen. Right. So authority, right? Authority. You're like, oh man, he's coming with that one first. Yes, authority. Uh, forms the basis for all of our lives, right? We all have some kind of authority over us, whether it be a a job like our boss, whether it be a spouse. Yes, even your spouse has actually, maybe earthly, that's the the only true form of someone having authority over you that we see in the Bible. Uh, The government has authority over us. There are many differing degrees of authority. Some of us are young enough that uh, our parents are the authority in our lives. We all have some sort of authority that, uh, that we are under. Some of us have authority that we've given to others. Again, our spouse, uh, some of us have friends that we've said, hey, I want you to talk to me about my life. I want you to examine my life and, and hold me accountable to certain things. I want that. Uh, our pastors are another example of authority that we've uh that we've given to others but no matter what degrees of authority we find ourselves under we all have a final authority and what is that authority i mean we see it worked out in in the world today right well science is the authority or truth is the authority well your truth is different from my truth but like truth is the authority and and there, there are all of these different things that are vying for that position of authority in the world. And our passage today tells us what the final authority is. actually it tells us who the final authority is. The religious leaders, they, they come to Jesus and they ask a question. About authority. By what authority are you doing these things? And Jesus' answer tells us the source of that authority, tells us the final authority, but it's a little bit obscured. It's a little bit obscured. We got we to gotta kind of examine it to find it. And it shows us, though, that Jesus is the ultimate authority, and he demands allegiance. And we'll see it unfold by Jesus demonstrating his authority, then by Jesus stating his authority, and finally, Jesus revealing his authority. And it's all going to show that he is the ultimate authority in our lives and demands allegiance. So authority demonstrated. Verse 20. As they passed by in the morning... They saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. So often I identify with Peter the older you know whenever i was a younger christian i was like man peter just stop the older i get i'm like man i want to be like that guy captain obvious and he's not afraid to be captain obvious he's like look man the tree withered,' and just yeah yeah that's how that's how it works now look it's been a month since we were in mark right and and uh Uh, We preached on Jesus cleansing the temple. And if you remember, the fig tree was an illustration of Israel, right? And it was the the fig tree not having fruit was, was kind of speaking about Israel not having fruit, not bearing fruit in bringing the nations to the Lord. Okay, that was their role. That was their function. That was their purpose. And their fruitlessness was illustrated by the fruitlessness of the fig tree. And then Jesus curses the fig tree. And that curse was to signify not only would that tree never produce fruit again, but Israel would not be the means by which God would bring the nations to himself. Jesus would be the means by which that happened. And this curse was a judgment on them. But there's something else going on with Jesus cursing of the tree. And we see that in this, in this text today. So, what else is happening right here? Well, it's a demonstration of Jesus' authority. And we didn't see that until the next day when Peter's like, oh, look, this tree withered. It's a demonstration of his authority. You see, God, in his speaking, it is his doing. When God says something, it is effective in creation. It works. God's speaking is his doing. And when he cursed, he, he Jesus, God, the second person of the Godhead, the incarnate son of God, when he cursed the fig tree, it was effective and it worked. And it shows he is He has complete and total authority over all things. Over Israel, He is their covenant Lord after all. Yahweh Himself come to visit His people. His authority has been demonstrated over sickness and over demon possessions. And now He's showing once again His authority even over nature. And it brings up the question... Where are we missing Jesus' authority in our life? You know, if He has authority over all things, then He has authority over us as well. If Jesus is truly the second person of the Godhead, come as a man to reveal God the Father to us, then that means He's created us. And therefore has authority over us. Where has he maybe caused something in our lives to wither in order to remove it from us? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job possibility. Maybe it's something a little deeper. Maybe it's our pride. Please, Lord, wither my pride. What areas of life has he called us to be faithful? Maybe. Maybe it's not a withering. Maybe, maybe he's making a demand and he's saying, you be faithful here. You do this. Maybe he's calling you, demanding you to holiness. Be holy as I am holy. Where is Jesus at work in seemingly insignificant ways that we might miss? Calling us, commanding us to do something. And what are those ways that he might be doing that? Through through us reading our Bible. We think often, it's, it's it's just words on a page. No. No, God, in his speaking, he's doing something. And when we read his word, he is speaking to us. You know, a few years ago, uh, John Piper wrote this blog post, right? The day I heard God's voice, and I was like, oh, what? Piper went charismatic on us? Oh, man, what? As a charismatic, that made me happy. I was like, man, come on, come on, Johnny P. And, 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 you, and you start reading this blog and you're like oh and he's just he's like laying it on he's building it up and you're like oh dude this is amazing and then he says yeah the, this morning I heard God's voice when I opened my Bible to Romans and I was like come on Johnny that's good stuff right there and it's like that for us. We we think reading our bible is an insignificant thing. God is speaking to us and he's calling us to do something and his word has authority. We see that demonstrated in the fig tree withering. And Peter missed it. Let's not miss it. Let's not miss the authority in his word. Fortunately for us, this this, uh, story goes on. Jesus doesn't stop with just demonstrating his authority. He goes on to state it. Starting in verse 22, we see the authority of Jesus stated. And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you of your trespasses. It's kind of interesting that on the heels of Peter saying, look, the tree withered. That Jesus kind of goes into this, this like left turn of teaching the disciples, one, about who he is, and two, about how they should pray. You would think after Peter saying, look at this fig tree, it's withered, Jesus would say, yeah, that's right. You think that's amazing? Maybe you should have faith in me, and you'll see more amazing things. No, he says, have faith in God. You know, God is the only one who has the power and authority to do this. Have faith in him. And then Jesus uses this, this like almost absurd illustration, right? About saying to a mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea. And we're like, man, wait, wow, how does that work? <laughs> and then he starts saying things that that sound a little, a little bizarre, right? Hey whatever you ask for in prayer if you believe that you've had it you will get it. Oh, huh? Wait a second. Do how does that work? Be- believe that it will come to pass and it will be done. Now you see there are there are movements out there that have Started a debate. And then they take passages like this. Out of context. Okay. The, the word of faith movement. The prosperity gospel. Those things are, are false teachings. And they will take this. And they say. See. Whatever we ask for in faith. We will have it. We'll even be able to throw mountains into the sea. That's a false gospel. It's a false gospel. And the claims it makes. Take passages out of the context of the bible so what is jesus really saying well anytime that scripture says something that makes us go like hold up i don't really know what he's saying what do we got to do we've got to remember rule number one of interpretation right scripture interprets scripture when you get to something that that you go i don't know exactly what he's saying let the bible be our guide so, is there anything in the Bible that helps us to understand this? Well, yes, there is. In John 16, Jesus tells his disciples, In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. And then in, John, in 1 John 5, He says, and this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of Him. And then James 4 tells us, you ask and do not receive, because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So James tells me that I shouldn't pray for that Xbox One X, right? If any of you like playing games. I don't have an Xbox One X. I just have a One S. Anyway. Anyway. James, James 4 3 tells me I shouldn't pray for the Lamborghini, right? Or the Corvette that looks like a Lamborghini. Pretty slick. Why? Because that would be spending prayer on my own passions. But John and one John. They kind of help us, right? They help us to understand what we should be asking for. We ask for things that align with God's revealed will. We ask according to God's revealed character. We ask according to God's revealed mission. And we find these things in His Word, which is what? The revelation, which means the revealing, the uncovering of God. what are those things that align with God's revealed will and character and mission? It's the salvation of His people. It's the salvation of His people. And, and, and why do I say that? Well, it's, it's, it's clued in here. It's, it's clued in in the text. We ask for that Why? Because the the talking about the mountain was something that was seen as an impossibility. In in first century Judaism, if, if you were talking about moving a mountain into the sea, that was to say, this is an impossible task, and it is impossible for me to save anybody. It is impossible for you to save anybody. Only God can do that. Can you give new life? Can you give them a new heart? I can't. I can't. Only God can. And Jesus is saying, hey, the most impossible task for you, I can do that. You couldn't make the fig tree wither. That's why Peter was shocked and amazed. Look, the tree you cursed, it withered. Yeah, yeah, that's nothing. That's nothing. If you have faith in God, you could say to that mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea. You can do the impossible things if you have faith in God. That's what Jesus is saying. You can do the impossible because you won't be doing it. God will be. See, Jesus is the ultimate authority and he demands allegiance. Here's the other clue that is talking about salvation. He tells us to forgive when we are praying if we have anything against someone. Why would he say that? We forgive because we've been forgiven. You see, and, 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 and when he says, hey, that your father in he- who also, blah, 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 so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. See, the forgiveness of our sins, the forgiveness of our trespasses is what shows we've been saved. And he's saying these are the things that you pray for. And when you pray for those things, you can have utter confidence that God has heard you. And that those are the things that align with his will and his character and his mission. Let's be praying For those around us. And let's be forgiving those. who, Who maybe we think. Man they don't deserve forgiveness. It's hard to forgive them. I don't want to forgive them. It feels good for me to indulge. In my anger against them. I am not going to. Did we deserve to be forgiven? We didn't. And when we were singing the last song was once again reminded of my sinfulness and the love of God that caused him to send his son for his people. And when you think about that, you think about your sin. You see the impossible task that only God can do. When you think about how much you love your sin. And you love to indulge in your sin. And, and, and how, it, how it feeds upon itself. And just makes us want to, to do more of whatever that sin is. We see the impossibility. Of causing that sin to wither. And Christ can do that. And so, where's the Lord calling us to an impossible task? Where has He put a mountain in front of us and He's asking us to to throw it into the sea, to, to by prayer see it thrown into the sea? Where's that impossible thing? Where do you feel the inadequacy to complete that task? Maybe you have a wayward child who's turned away from the Lord. And it's living a life of sin and rebellion. And you know you can do nothing to bring them back. Maybe you have a family member or a close friend who every time you get around them, they're hostile to you. Every time you try to bring up the Lord, it's, it's just smacked down. It's smacked down. And you know you can't bring them to the Lord. Maybe you have a... Maybe you have someone that you need to forgive. And you can't. And you can't. The words of Jesus today, to you are have faith in God and have faith in Him also. He can move that mountain. He can do the impossible. He can bring you to a place of forgiveness. He can bring your hard-hearted friend or family member to faith in him. Why? Because he is the ultimate authority. And he demands allegiance. He can move that mountain. This finally brings us to our last section. Authority revealed. And they came again to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him. And they said to him, by what authority are you doing these things? Or who gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Answer me. And they discussed it with one another, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, why then did you not believe him? But shall we say from man? They were afraid of the people, for they all held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we did not know. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So his Authority is questioned, and then his question, and Jesus is just, he's a master. I mean, of course, he's the master, so whatever. Of course, he would be good at this, but he's just a master of like, oh, you want to ask a question? Let me ask you one. Hold on. Hold on, man. Back up. Answer mine. I'll answer yours. (laughs) Now their question is primarily speaking of the cleansing of the temple. Why? Because Jesus hit them in the pocketbook. They're losing money with all of the, the stuff being driven out and the, the, the business not being conducted there. They're suffering. They're like, "Hey, like, come on, man, why are you doing these things?" But also balled up in that is the healings and the miracles and the cleansings, and him speaking out against them. And they're like, hey man, what are your credentials? There's only rabbinical authority. Who who, who taught you these things? Who, Who empowered you to do this? Who told you to come say this stuff? Because we need to know. Who's your teacher? And Jesus is like, hey man, tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. You answer my question, I'll answer yours. And this question that he asks is meant to draw them to the truth of who Jesus is. But they're unable to answer. See, they're fearful of both outcomes. (laughs) Fearful of both Jesus and the people. And Jesus once again has worked them into a corner and highlighted their hard heartedness and fear. He's essentially telling them, hey, if you can't judge John rightly, you have no place to judge me. If you can't figure out where John's authority is placed, you won't believe where mine is placed. And and by doing so, he reveals that his authority is is at a whole other level. It's a whole different level of authority than even John's authority was. It's in a class all by itself. It is unique. Why? Because He Himself later says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Him. All authority is His. (laughs) Jesus is the one who has authority even to lay down His life and authority to take it up again. Jesus sets the terms on His own life in line with God's will. Yes, God the Father's will. And the leaders will not accept Him. As that authority. See, in pointing them to John and asking about the baptism of John, Jesus is telling them that his authority is the same as John's, that the authority is in the one who sent them. The one who sent them. John said he was sent to testify about the one who was coming, who would baptize with fire and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was sent by the Father to seek and to save the lost. Same God sent them both. And Jesus, in His grace, you know, we look at this question as as maybe a harsh question. Hey, tell me and I'll tell you no. It is a graceful question. It is a gracious question. He is reaching out to them in grace and saying, man, it's me. It's me, your God. Won't you come to me? I do these things in my name and under my authority and I'm giving you one more chance to humble yourself and to come worship me. Don't worship your status or your place or your reputation or your standing. Come to me in humility and worship me. The one who has all authority. The one who had all authority and laid that authority aside. Scripture says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is the one who has all authority. And he gave it up to go to the cross and die, died for his people. As a sacrifice of atonement. And and through that, we are now made clean. By his blood, we are made right with God. Our sin was placed on him. He bore the wrath of God, and now he calls for his people to live a holy life. And he's calling the Pharisees by asking this question. He's reaching out once again. And they won't come. And they won't come. But each one of us, he's reached out to. And he's taken our sins upon himself. Scripture says, he became sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He's called us. He's cleansed us. He's made us new. And now He invites us to His table. Where He invites His people to feast on His goodness. And look, the the bread and the cup that we're about to take is only for His people. Those who have placed their faith in Jesus. And seek forgiveness that is only found in Him. This is a family meal and if you've not become part of the family of God, we would ask that you just observe this. You know, Scripture says that if you eat the bread and drink the cup in a manner unworthy, you eat and drink condemnation on yourself. The worthy manner of eating the bread and drinking the cup is the worthiness that comes by grace through faith. By grace through faith in His forgiveness of sin. You see, the authority of Jesus that's revealed in this passage, it was sealed at the cross. And it was spoken about even on the night that he echoes Moses from Mount Sinai. And so church, let's, let's open the bread. Let's open the bread. And the Apostle Paul tells us of that night and the echo of Moses in 1 Corinthians 11. He writes, For I received from the Lord... What I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the symbol of your body broken for us. We thank you for laying aside your authority and becoming obedient even to death on a cross for the sins of your people. Lord, we seek forgiveness even now of our sins. We repent of our sins. Not only those of of commission, Lord, but those of omission as well. Father, thank you for the forgiveness that is found in Jesus. Now, church, let us eat this bread. In remembrance of him, Amen. And now, let's open the, the juice. I almost said wine. One Corinthians eleven goes on to say. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray again. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the shedding of your blood which takes away our sin. We thank you that the shedding of your blood was not the end. You rose... We have the promise that you will come again. Lord, the promise is tied to the bread and the cup. As Paul says, as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death. What? Until you come again. So Lord, with this cup, we proclaim your death and the forgiveness of sins it accomplished. We also, with hope, look forward to your coming again we look forward to you coming because of the resurrection the proof that your sacrifice was accepted and we will one day be resurrected as you are that one day you will come and release the pangs of death you'll remove the stranglehold death has on your people and we will rise as you have risen the resurrection is proof life, your authority to take it up again, your authority to forgive sins, your authority over all things in heaven and on earth. Church, let us proclaim his death look forward to, his resur- to the resurrection and his coming with this cup.
0: as we sing together to close.